Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy, and welcome to yet another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. Thank you for joining us today. And our program today, our podcast coming from Enid, Oklahoma, on the road, having a chance to stop having the chance to stop and talk with the two co-owners of Chisholm Trail Milling. It's a relatively new venture that Grayson Gill Baker from New Orleans, Louisiana, and Brady Sidwell of North Central Oklahoma from the Enid area have come together and uh, moved forward in bringing hard red winter wheat from Oklahoma from varieties bred by the OSU Wheat Improvement Team and Dr. Brett Carver through the process of being grown on Oklahoma farms and then brought in to Enid for the milling process at Chisholm Trail Milling, those particular, uh, that wheat being milled into a single variety identity preserved fresh flour that again can be used not just in Oklahoma, but across the country as well. We talk with both Brady and Grayson about their partnership. Wanted to share those conversations with you today on the road to rural prosperity. We'll begin, first of all, with Grayson Gill, the miller and the baker of this project, in just a few moments. If there's anything the past two years have taught us, it's that people don't always get along and they certainly don't always agree on everything. Now, while we can't help you with your Facebook debates, we can help with resolving many types of agriculture and environmental related issues at no cost. Oklahoma Agriculture Mediation has been helping Oklahomans resolve conflicts since 1987, and we're here to help you. And the best thing is we can do it without having to go to court. So if you have a conflict that might need some mediation, get more information at ok.gov slash mediation. In this first segment of today's Road to Rural Prosperity, we're in downtown Enid, Oklahoma, at the corner of Independence and Maine, having the opportunity to talk with one of the co-owners of Chisholm Trail Milling, Grayson Gill. Grayson, tell me a little bit about your background. You're, you're not from Oklahoma. No, I grew up in uh, California and I moved to New Orleans in 2009. So, and you've uh, had, you've established a bakery there. Yeah, I've had a bakery there. Uh, same bakery I've had about 10 years now and opened my first bakery about 13 years ago when moving to the city. And so what got you interested you as you were going, uh, you know, trying to provide the products in your bakery to consumers? You got interested in Oklahoma wheat. Why? Well, the story is that I called pretty much every ag school in the south from Texas to Virginia to Florida and Georgia and told them that I had a small bakery in New Orleans and I was interested in wheat that had flavor. So basically everyone told me to go myself and those of them that didn't hung up the phone or didn't call me back except for Mike Schulte and Brett Carver and that was uh it's how the relationship was born about seven eight years ago was when I reached out to the wheat commission and to Dr. Carver at OSU what were you looking for what why you said wheat had flavor what 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 were you trying to accomplish Obviously, the the vast majority of all the wheat that people like me, whether I'm a professional baker or any sort of home baker is using, is just like a plain white flour ingredient. I mean, to me, it's more of a product than an actual ingredient, and it's really been stripped of any sort of flavor, integrity, texture. Anything about it that can designate what it is or where it's come from has basically been robbed 
in the process of making white flour. And just like any decent painter wants to mix their own colors or any decent musician wants to tune their own guitar, I wanted to have the highest quality ingredient that I could have for my bread. And I realized that there wasn't really anyone out there making that flour that I wanted to work with. And I I had the hard decision to say, well, I guess I'm going to have to do it myself. And obviously, where you start with flour, you have to start with wheat because that's what precedes flour. So I kind of had to work a little bit backwards and made the decision, okay, I need to make my own flour because I want flour that's full of flavor, texture, nutrition, and integrity. And in order to do that, I need to find wheat that's full of flavor, integrity, quality, and texture. And that led me to calling pretty much every ag school in the South. And that led me to having multiple phone calls and eventually a visit with Dr. Carver and Mike Schulte. And I believe the first time we met and the first time I came up here was 2014 or 15. So since that time, you've developed that relationship, and you've now entered into a partnership right here in Enid, Oklahoma, uh, to actually then not just source the wheat, but also uh, control the milling part of it. Process it here. Yeah, so right before COVID, my bakery was making about uh, 10,000 loaves of bread a week and milling about 5,000 pounds of flour a week. And then with the shutdown and the pandemic and all that BS, um, we basically lost, you know, 80% of our business. So the mills kind of went quiet on the Western front. And for about nine months, I didn't know what to do with them and was sitting on them. And can't remember if it was Brady that called me or I called Brady, but somehow we got a hold of each other in February of 21 and realized, he realized I wasn't using the mills at the moment. And also it, it, it began before the pandemic to be, a bit of a an issue that things became untenable bringing wheat from Oklahoma to New Orleans with our subtropical climate I had to rent storage space and warehouses and trucks so basically when the pandemic happened I lost about 40,000 pounds of wheat that went bad in storage because I couldn't mill it on time so it was a bit of a perfect storm and the first time that I came to Oklahoma I really realized that there was no sense in me bringing wheat to Louisiana to mill it into flour there that I should really be making flour where the wheat is grown. And a simple analogy would be if you think about Bordeaux, which is probably the most famous wine growing region in the world, Bordeaux doesn't send grapes to Paris and then they make wine in Paris and put it in bottles in Paris. Bordeaux grows grapes in Bordeaux. They make wine in Bordeaux. They put it into bottles in Bordeaux and they send it to Paris and the rest of the world. And that was really the business model that we've been talking about and pursuing here in Enid is to say we have some of the best wheat that's grown in the world here in north central Oklahoma. We don't need to send finished product. We don't need to, to send the raw ingredients to somebody else, but we should keep the raw ingredient local, make a really high quality value added local ingredient, and then send that kind of forth into the world. And that's exactly what we're doing with the Chisholm Trail milling. So as you do that, you're obviously using the wheat yourself in your own bakery, but also selling it to others. How important is that identity preserved? And the fact that, you know, it is from a specific variety that's been put together by, by the OSU wheat team. It's tremendously important because whether you agree with it or not generationally the way that people are eating across the world and across the country is changing and and not only do people want to know where their food is coming from but they want to know they want to know about it so 
whether that means knowing the varietal name, that it's Gallagher or Big Country or Ruby Lee, or whether it's knowing that it was milled in Enid on Monday, May 3rd by this person at this time. People want, and I think people deserve, a transparency and a traceability to their food. And I think that's a generational argument that, again, you don't have to get on board with in terms of agreeing with. But if you don't agree with that from a business perspective, you're going to get caught with your pants down in 5, 10, 15 years. Because the things that are getting busier and more popular in our country are the microbreweries and the small coffee shops and the farm-to-table restaurants. And all these things that really promote ingredients and where they come from are the way that things are going and the place that or the destination that things are heading. And that's something that's really critical to us. And again, telling that story to the consumer, not just from an ethical perspective about sharing where it is that you're getting your ingredients from, um, but also I think from a business perspective, it's a responsible thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And it's also what the public really demand and what they're expecting more and more these days. So, you know, when you look at this business model that's been established, what, uh, since last into last summer was when you really, well, you really kind of have you have a bit of a dual business model because oh. I had the mills going for you know seven or eight years in New Orleans. Yeah, let him go by. So tell me about the the dual business yeah. model. I've had that. The milling business model was going on in New Orleans for a good seven, eight years. So shipping flour, using it for ourselves, selling it, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like bringing the mills up to Enid kind of brought with it a refined business plan about how to do that more streamlined and more better, for lack of a better phrase, um, how to do that on a more articulated basis. And of course, how to do it with better access to more varieties, because that was one thing that I really suffered from in New Orleans And I think it's one thing that a lot of mills in the States, micro mills like ours in the States suffer with, is that there's three main roles to any flour mill, in my opinion. There's the farmer, the miller, and the baker. Um, And every single small mill, stone mill like ours in the country lacks one or two of those roles. And when you lack one of those roles, kind of like a fine balancing board, something falls out of place. If you don't have a good farmer, you're never going to have great flour. If you don't have a great miller, you're never going to have good flour. And if you don't have a baker that can tell you what to do with that flour, you're never going to have a good product. And I think the value of what we're doing at Chisholm Trail Milling is that we have all of those bases covered. We have an incredible farmer and an incredible farmer with great relationships to other farmers in Brady. We have a wonderful miller who's me. And then obviously you have me as the baker who's able to say what to use each flour for and what it's best in. And again, I think that business model is something that I brought from my experience having done this in New Orleans and refined it more and more here in Enid. And um, I think a big thing that I suffered from in New Orleans was not having the farmer component to the whole situation down. So logistics, varietal information, new varieties, research, test plots, questions, cleaning, 
all of that stuff that when you think, hey, I'll just buy a mill and start milling flour in my bakery. <laughs> I was never that ignorant, but I've definitely had a lot of surprises and a lot of issues that I know we're not going to have now, not only because empirically I've been through those situations, but also because of my partner, Brady, we have the logistics, we have the infrastructure, we have the contacts to the research stations. We have that whole background of the farming down pat. And I know that on my end, the milling and the baking is also locked down as well, too. And I feel like that kind of refinement of the original business plan is what makes Chisholm Trail Milling so much stronger now than it was in its former iteration a few years ago in New Orleans. What's the future? What, what If you uh, had a chance, to, I'm sure you've thought about, you know, in a business sense of a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, but also dreaming a bit. What What's out there? I think the dream primarily would be setting up a bakery somewhere in Oklahoma as the front face of the mill. I think that's the most incredible thing. And the most important thing is not only to educate people about the ingredients, but to be able to teach them in a really literal way how to use it and how you can use it yourself. And obviously the the main uh, recipient of any flour is going to be a bakery. So I think that setting up a bakery is really a critical next step in what we do. And then selling more and more and more flour. Um, We're going to be selling in Whole Foods in about six months. Uh, We're going to be shipping online throughout the country in about three months. And then just getting more and more regional and wholesale and local Oklahoma accounts is something that's really critical to us. But again, I think education through bakery is going to be the most critical step in what we're doing because obviously after the event today you know people really respond to interacting with people really respond to interacting with the product in the form of baking and uh despite people like you and me that find farming and milling you know sexy and cool like we're definitely in the minority i mean we're in the minority for a few reasons these days but we're definitely in the minority of the bigger generational things going on in the country. But if you can make a delicious pizza or a really great loaf of bread or like a really great glass of beer with the wheat, then you're going to reach 10, 10 more people as opposed to just one person. So I really feel like the bakery is the next step in connecting all of the dots. Baker, Miller, and visionary Grayson Gill, one of the co-owners of Chisholm Trail Bakery. When we return on today's Road to Rural Prosperity, we'll share with you a conversation that we had with the other co-owner of Chisholm Trail Milling, Brady Sidwell. We're back in just a few moments. National Livestock, they've been around since 1932, and they're dedicated to being your first choice for cattle marketing, order buying services, and cattle financing. Because of the cooperative structure and spirit, the employees and directors of the National Livestock family of companies are committed to the success of the cattle industry and those involved in the cattle business. Whether you're buying or selling cattle or looking for financing, their staff's knowledge and experience is unparalleled. For more information, contact National Livestock Credit at one 800 310 In the second part of today's Road to Rural Prosperity, pleased to have along with us today, farmer and entrepreneur Brady Sidwell. We're talking with Brady Sidwell. Brady, I guess maybe one of the better descriptions for you these days, entrepreneur. I mean, <laughs> you, you've consistently, yeah. since you've uh, uh, come back to Oklahoma, you've, you've been busy in a yeah. lot of different projects. There. One of the newest one, the Chisholm Trail Mill, uh, Milling. Tell, tell me about this. Yeah, Chisholm Trail Milling is a partnership between uh, Grayson Gill, who's a who's a James Beard finalist baker and has had a lot of experience in the in the industry, kind of on the consumer end, uh, and myself. And you know, essentially, we stone grind local wheat varieties. We're based, you know, we're fo- focusing on public varieties. So right now, uh, Gallagher, Big Country. Uh, we're trying some of the other kind of hard wheats that may have a softer 
softer tone to them for pastry flowers and such. But, you know, we're, we're making whole grain flour out of local grain. So uh, we do single variety as well. So, um, you know, when you buy our flowers, we've got them at grocery stores, you know, brewing company, and we're, you know, supplying to restaurants in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Um, you'll see that it's a, it's a Gallagher wheat or it's a big country wheat. So um, it's not blended. It's not refined in any way. And it's a fresh whole grain flour. And it's just exciting, Ron, to, to be able to focus on local supply chain. And that's kind of what my entrepreneurship is focused on and value adding local, local grain varieties and creating a market for farmers that's hopefully a little bit more value added and, and uh, also getting a product that's truly local and scalable to uh, consumers in the state and, and around the country. Yeah, identity preserved. That's one of the keys for for what you're doing. Yep, yep. Identity preserved. I mean, you know, everything we source through Enterprise Grain, and um, it's either you know us growing it or others. We contract with local farmers. Uh, In addition to wheat, we're also doing rye. Uh, We're looking at mainly like the Renza Brizzy rye, but we'll probably consider other types as well. We're working with local farmers on that Uh, barley, oats, um, and so it's been pretty exciting. You know, uh, producers are looking for. Um, I feel like value-added opportunities to be able to sell higher quality and, um, you know, clean product um, to a processor directly. And uh, although we're small now, and, uh, you know, we also work with other mills in the state from Enterprise Grain, but Chisholm Trail is definitely uh, growing and kind of that artisan area. And uh, the restaurants are extremely, and bakeries are extremely excited about it. And, you know, literally it was mentioned there just a moment ago that this is a collaboration between, obviously, producer a grain merchandiser, then the miller, and then actually the end product as well. Yep, absolutely. We've got kind of every step in the supply chain covered. And, and, you know, when you're handling all your, when you're involved in all of them yourselves, you realize how many steps there really are in the supply chain and, you know, how complicated it can be. But uh, we're trying to bring every step together uh, for, like you say, identity preserve and, you know, also be able to invite people in. Um, You know, we're a small business and, and, um, you know, that's important, obviously, in, in our state and for our community and economic development. But we like to bring in consumers and producers. We invite everybody out there to come in and take a look at our mill. Uh, if you're interested to, to contract grains with us, uh, please let me know at Enterprise Grain. Why those two particular OSU varieties, uh, big, you know, big Country and, and also uh, like a Gallagher? Yeah, so Big Country is um, is a white wheat, and um, you know we've tried Stardust as well. Uh, there's been a little bit more interest in growing Big Country, and uh, basically what we do, um, I try to identify things that grow here, and then I, you know, we mill them here, and then I we send them down to Grayson in New Orleans, and and he basically does kind of the bread quality, you know, aspect of it all. So um, we just like the way that Big Country performs, and and you know, a stabilization, and and really the same with Gallagher. Uh, we use Gallagher actually for uh, the malt. And, you know, for our beers at Ina Brewing Company, um, you know, it, it is a little bit lower protein. We'll probably be looking at some other varieties in the future, but it's it's pretty consistent and available. And, uh, in fact, in the brewing process, we do want lower protein. So there's some aspects that uh, Gallagher's helped us. So that's at Enterprise Grain, that's kind of where we, you know, higher protein to the mill and lower pro to the brewery. Literally, you got the brewery, you got the obviously the milling company that you've started up. You also have done some things uh, doing uh, some direct to uh, consumer beef sales. Yes, yep, Sidwell Farms beef, um, and and that trifecta where we've kind of branded it as beef, beer, and bread. You know, it's <laughs> and and I think about it, Ron. It's like these recent tornadoes. Those are the things you take when you go to the cellar, right? <laughs> it's all the essentials, but it's what we do here in Oklahoma. We grow we grow these grains and cattle uh, extremely well, and and we're trying to to build 
you know, the supply chain essentially to uh, be able to, to, to get that in the hands of restaurants, bakeries, consumers, uh, and do it on a scalable basis, not just at farmer's markets. We do, you know, direct, to re- direct retail, uh, but we're trying to do it to where uh, we make direct deliveries. Uh, we're talking to the chefs and, and the managers at those restaurants. They know the product they're getting. A lot of, you know, I think post-COVID, everybody's more interested in where their food's coming from. Supply chains have been disrupted. A lot of these groups are on allocation, and they can't get you know these essential products. And we grow them right here in the state, so we're trying to get those packaged in a way, processed in a way that uh, it can be you know clean label, identity preserved, and help build the base. And a lot of this is about risk taking, <laughs> getting out there, trying to put this together. The exciting thing is, even though I'm putting a lot of our own production uh, forward to get this going. My plan is, as we scale this business, to be able to contract with others, um, contract, you know, grains we're already doing, but also on the cattle side to be able to source from other growers and, and put it into a supply chain that, you know, is getting fed into food service and, and uh, restaurants. Give me uh, your, what, what's your vision? What, what you got there in your crystal ball that you want to see this become? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you asked me because my market crystal ball is broken. So <laughs> this crystal ball sometimes a little bit clearer, but... Like I say, a, a lot of local products, you, you can only find them at farmer's markets. And what I would like to see is, you know, building kind of from the ground up, smaller scale processors that are truly sourcing from local producers. There's engagement, there's ownership. We're doing this kind of really across the state and, and supplying places not only in the state but across the nation. This kind of beer, beef, and bread model. But, you know, it all comes back to value add and local Ag. So I think about where I started with all of this kind of from a, from a business concept. A lot of things probably happened by accident, like all good things. But th- the main intent was to how can we value add local grains, uh, be kind of a market maker, look at you know, channels where uh, the producer can extract a little bit more value. And, and I think the consumers now, too, are finally ready for that. And COVID's only helped it. And it, you know, it also helps to, uh, I think, you know, vi- revitalize uh, some of our rural communities. And so, you know, we want to make Enid a place where we, we create ingredients. Uh, I'm very excited about, you know, working with producers to put in the processing and supply chain aspects to, to create ingredients. One other thing, you, you mentioned the fact, you know, farmer's markets, a lot of times that's where you find these locally type, type things. seems like you're trying to go beyond that, though, where more people actually shop. Like Jumbo, you mentioned, uh, that, that's a regular grocery store here in Enid. Yeah, that's it's exactly right. So, you know, farmer's markets are great. I mean, we have one next to Enid Brewing Company. But uh, where I want to go with this model is to, you know, where we're supplying week in and week out, just like any of the big distributors, a local product so it's not it's not a it's not a niche and nice to have it's something that i mean we make deliveries right now we make deliveries every week to oklahoma city and tulsa and i'll tell you nothing gets you more disciplined and in, in building a supply chain company than you know knowing that you have to take that you, you got to take those pounds of beef and brisket and steaks and whatever the request is to the restaurants every week because it's on their menu so it's not just you know preparing for a you know a weekly farmer's market or um, a quarterly or something like that. We're trying to go direct to the bigger players so we so we can get scale. In fact, we're not going to be at as many farmers market. That's not really my target. It's more we're trying to to be a a scalable, consistent weekly supply chain supplier of um, beef and and bread flour. A dynamic duo: Grace and Gill, Brady Sidwell, co-owners of Chisholm Trail Milling, an entrepreneurial startup in Enid, Oklahoma, designed to take hard red winter wheat varieties from the breeding research facilities of OSU to the farmer, to the miller, to the baker, to the end user. That's all of our time for you today on the Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon.